Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1130. Let's talk about the ID10T community. Events at ID10T.com. Like Tony, who writes... My favorite small charity, of which I am also a member, Consider Haiti, is holding a virtual 5K run to help raise funds for clean water, sustainable nutrition, and community health programs. There's also a one-mile fun run option uh, for those a little intimidated by the 5K option, and runners will have the entire month of August to run their race to submit their results. Um, Tony goes on to make the point that because it's a virtual race instead of in person, runners can run wherever they are. And money can be saved that uh, they would be spending on event costs so they can send more funds directly to their teammates on the ground in Haiti. Tony goes on to say our volunteer American team is based in Asheville, North Carolina, but we employ Haitian community health agents who live in the communities they serve and who handle most of the day-to-day operations. For anyone who might be interested uh, to get more info, you can go to considerhaiti.org. Thank you so much for sharing. Tony, events at ID10T.com. If you've got something that you'd like to share with the ID10T community. This episode is John Cena, uh, who is rad. Um, just such a nice, incredibly cool uh, uh, dude who is so inspirational in so many levels. I mean, this guy does everything. WWE superstar, film star, uh, TV star, host, actor, does comedy, does action films, does dramas, does everything. And, um, you know, John came on the podcast a handful of years ago, and uh, we really hit it off. It was a great episode, and, you know, I have to say, this second time was so much fun as well, because the guy's really inspirational. He just puts an incredible amount of thought and dedication into everything he does, and speaks so eloquently about it, and we had such a wonderful conversation. I really do uh, take notes on these podcasts. I mean... I, I hope, you know, well, first of all, I hope you enjoy them, but uh, but I also hope that you take away bits of wisdom here and there. I do. I actually go back and listen and I take notes, um, uh, you know, from, from people that I talk to. And uh, and this was absolutely no exception. I, I just adored this chat. So thank you, John Cena, for being you. And thank you, uh, the ID10T audience, for listening. John is currently one of the stars of uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad, which is fantastic. Uh, and that is in theaters and on HBO Max. So you can watch it 
right now. You can go see it or you can just sit down in your home and watch it as well. Uh, and this will be spinning off uh, the Peacemaker series, uh, which will be in the... Actually, I don't know when that's coming out, but in the not-too-distant future, I imagine. Um, and you can see John and a million other things as well. So here's the ID10T podcast number 1130 with Mr. John Cena. Roll the thing! Initiating ID10T protocol. Oh my god, look at you. You're, you're in a suit. You look amazing. I'm, I just, I just came from working out because I thought what better thing to do right before a conversation with Cena than have uh, a little workout. You feel amazing. So I'd rather feel <laughs> amazing than look amazing. No, I don't know. You look amazing though. Yeah, yeah I think you're blind. I think you've lost. <laughs> you just did Kimmel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was it? Are there audiences? Like, what's the... Yeah, they have, uh, our audience needs to be full, fully vaccinated. Everybody masks. Uh, it's good because it's there's a crowd, so you get the feel of it. But yeah. it's it's far from what it used to be, but that's okay. It's all right. Man, I have not been in front of a crowd of people. I performed, like, the week before lockdown. And I came home, and it was like, oh, I guess we're not uh, leaving for a while. So I have not actually performed in front of an, a large number of people in a year and a half. Dude, I, I, I hear you. I'm kind of the same way. And then going going back to Money in the Bank Sunday was bananas. Oh, yeah? How, how was it? Was it? I mean, it must feel like the most amazing thing ever. It is, but I got to tell you, it was like a bit of an adjustment. Like it's, uh, you know, you go from from distance and and – all the things you're told to do to then like cold Turkey sold out house in Fort Worth. And then, a you know, 15,000 people in Dallas is, is interesting, man. It was interesting. It was, I loved it. I loved it. It was just interesting. Yeah. Cause, cause we, at first it was the adjustment period of like, Oh, I guess we can't be around people. And then now it's like, okay, now you can be, ah, Oh, what? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I, okay. No. All right. Okay. Yeah. There's right. no, no easing in. It's just, we're, we're going full war. <laughs> You know, I think the last time I talked to you was a while ago, and then I we we did some bit about you said, "Oh, if I were the Hulk, I'd be a shitty Hulk," and I said, "That's really funny," and so I have you in my phone as John the Shitty Hulk. Shitty Hulk. So, yeah. <laughs> so whenever I would get a text from you, it would just say John the Shitty Hulk, and you knew who it was. I knew exactly who it was, but I can't remember why you said you'd be a shitty Hulk. Was it because I can't remember why? I can't remember what the reasoning behind that was. Uh, I think the Hulk truly possesses like a genuine mean streak, and I'm just trying to sh- I'm trying to shake that off, man. I'm just trying to <laughs> trying to shake all that bad Hulk off. Yeah, just, uh, he's just all rage. Like he's yeah. He's... I, think that's, I think that's where it's like the Hulk, the Hulk, not uh, 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 Banner, but the Hulk is all rage, and I think I. Yeah. You think it's because you, you'd be like, ah, urgh, let's talk about our feelings. Yeah, exactly. Think, yeah. So what's really troubling you? 
<laughs> Hulkleaf car to set over here so we can sit down for adult conversation. Yeah, yeah. But see, that's I, I would say that's 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 John the sensitive Hulk. I don't think that. I mean, I guess by Hulk standards, maybe that's shitty. But I just feel like a sensitive Hulk is just better for humanity. Who knows, man? I know they haven't made the movie yet, so it's obviously something people want to see. Can you imagine if they're like, okay, we're gonna pivot a little bit? Yeah. This Hulk is. This is like a romantic comedy. It's like he's. <laughs> so he struggles with multiple personalities, and then he turns into this raging beast who sits down and like asks you if there's a hidden meaning behind what you said, and like <laughs> Hulk, think you be passive aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> Can we lay it all out? Can we? I don't... The story I'm telling myself is... (laughs) Hulk, hear you say this. (laughs) Hulk, hear you say you upset. Hulk, also upset. Hulk, feel... Not say you. Hulk, feel like... (laughs) Hear how you... You not make Hulk feel. Hulk, feel. Hulk, maybe misinterpret. Yeah, that would be... I wonder how fast that would that would either tank the Marvel universe or it would be like it would make two billion dollars. I can't just do one or the other. I don't know if it, I don't know if they're willing to bet on it yet. I just don't know if they're willing to bet on it yet. Um, I uh, I am very excited that you're doing a whole Peacemaker series because um, I just saw I, that whole thing just unfolded. So like I mean, of course, James, you know, oh, you know, I had some time, so I just wrote a series. And of course it's sold. And of course now, you know, like it's a thing. So did it come on pretty quickly for you? Did it happen as fast as it seemed like it did? All of it. Uh, the, the, you know, I, he probably had some other names in mind for Peacemaker and the, the bench might've got a little thin, but whatever he saw in me, it was like, okay, maybe, maybe this guy will work. And we had to meet really quickly. He, do, he does do his due diligence and casting. And I, I gotta, I gotta hand that to him. And when we met, we, you know, a lot of the same uh, philosophies we shared some common ground. I was super impressed by how prepared he is and how professional he is. He had the whole movie storyboarded on his office because he just had a, some time on his hands. Uh, sure. And, um, you know, we, we kind of kicked it off from there. And and we had a bunch of fun shooting. Uh, man, he, he let me ad-lib so much and none of it made the movie. But he just let me have fun. And I think a lot of it was for to create an environment where I felt more relaxed. To, to give him more of a, of a genuine product in the, in the end. And yeah. he's like, man, I really enjoyed working with you. I've, I've had some time with my own thoughts. I wrote eight episodes. This is something you'd want to do. So of course it is. man. I, have I wrote eight episodes. Yeah. It's so fucking hard to write one episode of television. It's like, you know, look, I had like a week. I wrote a series. Yeah. You know, if you're not busy in a week, let's do a series. Yeah. Yeah. And it was completely like, and I got only this much time to do it because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going off to do the other the, the Guardians 3. So, like, we got to do it now. You and her out. I'm like, oh, okay, let's do it. Right. I know we just worked on this giant tentpole movie. I just have like a few months to do a tentpole series before I go finish off a tentpole movie series. Yeah. So, are you in? <laughs> uh, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Hulk, I, I make me, so. Hulk, think that you may. <laughs> Hulk yeah. feel a bit of pressure, but Hulk Hulk okay with it. Yeah. Hulk recognize other overachiever. <laughs> do you feel do you do you, do you, do you feel like you spot that in people? Do you notice that seed of like, oh, this person never stops moving. They're just constantly like a creative force. Do you because rec- obviously you must be that way because it seems like when did Cena have time to do this? When did he have time to do that? How is he there now? 
So I think with me, it's a little bit less. I, I just think I'm, I'm foolish enough to say yes to everything. Uh, but it mostly is other people's creative inspiration. Like I, we just did Kimmel with Margot and Margot is insanely driven. Like yeah, when I think I'm, I'm doing good work, she's like, and then I'm doing this and then I'm doing this and then I don't know. I might take some time off, but I, yeah, I probably won't. She like, she went, did Kimmel, Kimmel and she's running to set to go shoot the rest of her movie. Like she's insanely driven and amazingly gifted. And James is the same way. Like I had a few months off. I wrote a series and we're going to now do it. So I'm, I'm just the guy who'd be like, yeah, I'll do it. It's not like, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not driven to create. I, I kind of like opportunities come my way and I'll just say, yeah, I'll just say yes. You know, I'll, I'll take a chance on it. Do you, do you, <laughs> Do you still feel the same the way you did when you started out? Do you do you recognize I always like to ask people this question cuz I'm so curious. Everyone there's some consistency but variation at the same time. Do you feel like, "Oh, I I'm successful. I've done it." Or do you still feel like, uh, "Yeah, but oh man, I still haven't done X, Y, or Z." How do how do that's you the, I mean, so that, so that's a great question, I think. Um I if people say I still haven't done X, Y, or Z, uh, they, they better have a good why behind all that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, man, I'm 44. I'm, I'm really healthy. I've, I've got, gotten to meet so many wonderful people. I've gotten to learn from so many wonderful people. Like I, I, I don't know what uh, su- success to me is being fulfilled in life. Success to me is waking up giving joy a chance you may wake up on the shitty side of the bed but you're not going to be in a funk or if you're you are in a funk you don't wallow there but that to me right. that that's success i i'm fortunate enough to to you know to to be able to be paid to be a big kid and that's great because that's i do what i love therefore i'm fulfilled therefore i have joy so um i'm not i'm not reaching for some white whale that that even if i get a hold of the tail or reel it into the boat i'll be like well now the next white whale like it's <laughs> You know, and I think as a young man, you know, as you try to find yourself, I certainly had that. It's like, well, this isn't enough. This isn't enough. This isn't enough. And then I had to come to grips with, you know, I'm maybe I'm so driven and maybe I'm working so much just because I'm I'm trying to shelter myself from other things or, or possibly hide myself from who I genuinely am or I'm afraid to confront difficulties or uncomfortable stuff. Nobody's going to bother you. It's weird. Like nobody gets on your case for going to work, especially from being like from a New England family. I'm going to work. Okay. All right. That's like the indefensible argument. There's nothing you can say because you're announcing to everyone, I'm going to be productive. Right. You know, uh, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a much different place than I was. And, and, and I should be like for, for someone to remain the same, regardless of your path in life, we should be different than we were. 10 years ago, five years ago, we should be different than we were yesterday. That's, that's the, the path of growth. So I'm, I have a lot of joy in my life and I'm certainly giving it a chance every day. And if, if someone else looks at me and they, they shake their fist of uh, what could have been, and they don't deem me yet as successful, I I'm, I'm actually okay. Bearing that, bearing their perspective. I feel, I feel pretty good about where I'm at. Awesome. Well, yeah. Also, their perspective has nothing to do with you, really. It's their, it's someone's opinion. You know what I mean? Like, it's it is, not... but there's, there's, there's takeaways and everything, man. And, and uh, of course, if 
if somebody that I loved and somebody who's close to me said that, we'd lean into a conversation about like, and by the way, this is the shitty Hulk talking. <laughs> shitty Hulk choose joy today. Yes, yes. And uh, about why, and, and maybe they're they're trying to be a good friend and call me out on, on, on me being a dick or something like that. So I mean, there's always, it's not that other people's opinions are worthless, but we can get caught up, especially when you are in the lights and, and you're trying to, to hold on to something so precious and so fragile, being able to to put on a costume and entertain people and call it work and get paid for it. That's fragile, dude. You make good movies, you make bad movies, you're up, you're down. It's a woozy, it's a wazzy, it's a... Um, so you want to hold on to it, you want to protect it. So a lot of times you get caught up in everyone else's perception. If they don't think you're cool, you got to pivot, you got to change. And man, I just... Uh, I've been trying. I've been thinking a lot about this. I think a lot of it comes from the WWE and its audience being told you suck every time you go out five times a week, like genuine visceral. And, and the note, the reason I know it's genuine is I was a fucking good guy. Right? They do the <laughs> bad guys because they know, but I was deemed the role of like the hero. Right. And you have this adversarial, visceral, genuine force of reminding you that you are not, don't, don't get too close to the sun, don't sip the Kool-Aid, like, hey, dude, you suck. I think a lot of that helps me kind of, one, take that in, take their opinion in, and understand why they thought I sucked. Two, be okay with being humiliated every night. And three, looking in the mirror and being like, no, you know, I'm, I'm okay with what I see. I think I'm all right. So I, I don't know. I, I really, I, uh, I always say, like, I owe the WWE audience more than I could explain. They've, taught, they've made me into the person I am, not the professional. I take a lot of professional tidbits from my time there, but they've molded me into the person I am. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this, all of My Mochi's fabulous flavors like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings or the midnight munchies. Yeah, you know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's really incredible you said it because I actually was going to ask you that actual question. It was, does that train you for other things having to and and even even if you're playing up certain character traits and you know and and is this grand performance but at the same time you're right it's still you're still seeing people's faces go fuck you you know and it's real real. like that that is real like boo is part of the act yeah you is real and like i heard that a lot 
And it really is like, and I can't in, in our business or in the WWE, when you hear that reaction, the thing to do is turn on the audience mm-hmm. and become a bad guy because they're telling you what they want. But right. I was under a set of circumstances where it's like, nope, go out there and smile. Mm-hmm. So I have to have the patience to deal with all that stuff and having to be told like you cannot waver was really, it honestly, it, it helped. It helped my resolve. It helped everything. My resolve, my patience, my empathy, like all of that from sports entertainment and wrestling. Like that's all. Of that, you know? <laughs> that's fantastic. That's really great because I, it, I think when we're young, I think a lot of what we chase is trying to find like what's our value and what's our worth in this world. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I've been talking a lot about lately because I'm just so fascinated by it that, you know, we chase, chase, chase. We're chasing outward. We're chasing external things. We're chase. you know, we're trying to stuff those things in to feel whole. And then, but then you, you know, at a certain point, hopefully you kind of realize like, oh yeah, that's not, it doesn't, mm, it doesn't really work that way. Cause there's never enough of that thing and it never kind of works. And you really got to figure out like, well, how, how am I just whole because I'm me or what do I like, how do I feel okay with myself, you know, separate from all that other stuff. And this business in general does not really <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't really encourage that because so many things are so many external material things are commodified and yeah. that you know so it's it's it, it is it's such an interesting thing to navigate to have that like oh i think oh yeah i think i just need to figure out how to be okay separate from all that stuff and, and of course, um, I would say entertainment and athletics and, and, and politics as well, anything where you're on front and center. But I think this, this bleeds down into any professional and or social environment. We all want to pay, portray the image that we're without flaw. And that's, mm-hmm. a dangerous, that's a dangerous edge to ride because it's not yeah. false. You know, we, whether we think our neighbors are the perfect neighbors or this per- person is the perfect life on, on social media or man, this, this athlete is uh, amazing, both on the field and off the field. Uh, This politician is never screwed up. This entertainer is perfect in every way. We all have flaws, dude. And I I think it's once you stop, once you realize that you're not perfect and and, uh, you're going to mess up and essentially the glass is already broken. Like, I think that helps too, but you're right. It's, it is an industry where, especially when you get some mojo going, you, you, you don't want to screw it up. And I think a lot of what holds people back is they don't want to screw it up instead of, I want to be better. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather swing big and strike out and learn something because that's, it's kind of why we're talking here today. than than try to craft a like, Oh, don't rock the boat or don't sink the ship. You know, I've, right. man, I've failed so many times. It's, it's comical now. Like that's, that's how I've, I've loved where I am because of how many times I've bit the dust, but like, um, it's not, that's not, that's not a popular image to, to throw out there, you know? Well, but, uh, and often our imperfections are the most interesting parts, you know, like imperfections. Yeah. I mean, you must've had, uh, there, there, there must be a correlation because this happens when you're doing stand up. you could do a set perfectly and go, oh, the show was fine or something could go wrong. Like the cord could call, fall out of the mic or someone drops a glass or you fuck something up in the show. And then, that all of a sudden, if you lean into that, becomes the best part of the show because it's a very authentic thing that happened in the yep. moment that everyone shared. Yes, but it's not perfect. 
And exactly. You may have had a plan that was like, but no, it was supposed to go like this, but you're right. It makes that show in that moment, one of a kind and your connection with the audience different than any other audience. And you can't get a guy to pull the cord the next day. And you can't get a guy to drop the glass the next day. Like it's just, you're right. It's, it's a, it's stuff like that, that, that makes us special, but we want to oftentimes not showcase that side. <laughs> Did, was, was there a, a period? Because obviously, you know, you're perform you're wrestling, you're performing live for large groups of people. You're really playing to a large audience. And then you start working in, in film and, and television and you're, and your performance has to get much more intimate, right? Because you're just playing for like your camera is basically like one person sort yes. of. Did you feel that happening? Was it something you were aware of? Am I off base with that comparison? No, no, that's that's you're you're dead on. And and movies especially just because of the size of the screen. Like yeah. the bigger the screen, the the nuances mean that much more. So uh TV, I think you could well, because of the close-ups and all that, and everybody's got huge TVs and all that, but uh, it is a lot more subtle. And I, I had to learn that, but I learned it um, through through failing. I did, I did a lot of tremendously wonderful overacting jobs in some horrible movies. And then um, kind of was, was uh, approached the opportunities to do comical parts where I could uh, make the joke about myself and play off my size and a lot of physical humor. So that can be over the top, but at the same time, I was put with brilliant very funny comedic people, uh, Schumer and Apatow, Tina Fey and company, like uh, Seth Rogen's crew, like all those guys and gals to learn from. So yes, I like, I know what my problem is. I was self-aware to know like, okay, I'm acting to section 313. I get it. <laughs> How do I fix it? Be around people better than you. And it's, yep. it, I was lucky enough to start with comedy and then even move into like, the animated stuff and then do a little bit of action, a little bit of drama, a little bit of everything and, and just learn from everybody I was put around. And that's kind of how you develop your own sense of nuance because people want to, people want to teach and they want to talk and they want to tell you how to be better. Because if you're better, the movie's better. If the movie be better, they'll do better, you know? So it's all you got to do is just be brave enough to know that you kind of suck and you need work and, and then just be brave enough to listen. Yeah, but that, okay, so that's a great point. So it sounds like, number one, that you're constantly a student of whatever you're doing, which is, the, which is a good place to come from. But what kind of questions do you, do you like to ask? So, so a lot of times it's not even questions. And I think sometimes questions could probe bias answers. Just watch mm -hmm. people. Like I, like I watch WWE. I still watch when I'm there. I watch as much of the matches as I can. And I put myself in their shoes. And when they do something that I wouldn't necessarily do, it's not like fucking kids don't get it. It's like, <laughs> why, why did they do that? And I can learn just by watching. So a lot of times, like in F9, uh, acting with Charlize and acting with Vin, like that really, really dove into nuance. Like that, I master class in that. Just in the time that we spent together. Not a lot of days with Charlize. And the time I spent with Vin, like that, so subtle and nuanced because of the way the movie is shot and the way it's presented and the drama between uh, good and evil and all that. Like it was really, that was really diving into that. And then, and then James really helped that along with the Suicide Squad. And then, and then we got to dive in it big time with Peacemaker because you now go from being one of 25 cast in, in a feature to having eight episodes, essentially eight television hours 
dedicated to, to peacemakers. So you really lean into to nuances. So it's, it's, it's just watching other people work, being surrounded by really talented folks, asking questions when you don't know what the fuck is going on, but when yeah. you do and you want to develop your own opinions, it's okay to just absorb somebody's performance and let them kind of, kind of be themselves and just take it in. And do you, do you find that it's important to constantly, do you, do you kind of balance like, oh, I, it's good to challenge yourself, but sometimes it's also good to take a break from doing that and go back into a zone that you're familiar with to recharge, to go back into challenging yourself? Or do you just feel like, no, no, every, you, if you want to move forward, you just got to keep doing new things all the time? Uh, man, I think to find the challenges in the, in the stuff that you love. Like I'm not, I'm not drawn just to do new things. I'm I'm much more open now to to try new things. And certainly, if it helps, um, if it helps to build a relationship with with somebody who's close to me or somebody I love, I'm I'm much more giving of my time. Where when I was like full touring with WWE, it, it was very my way or the highway, which helped me out in WWE, but really, you know staggered my development as a human being so to be able to to coexist with those close to me i've helped build some wonderful relationships that i'm really proud of um i i don't do new stuff just for the sake of doing it i have there has to be purpose behind it there has to be something i enjoy because i'm also very aware that the learning curve on a skill you may you may pick up that guitar and be able to to hit a chord once but to noodle you got to do like it's going to be two hundred hours at the very least. Oh yeah, very, and the, and 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 the, those first two hundred hours suck. They suck, and then eventually some music comes out. You're like, well, all right, yeah. like, wow, you're really good. What'd you do? <laughs> I've fucking worked on this for so long. I still have so much left to go. Like I still have so much left to learn. So if you don't enjoy it, uh, if you don't really enjoy it. I don't mind trying it, but dedicating to it and challenging yourself with it. Like returning to the WWE, it's a brand new world, man. I have a new cast of characters, um, new direction of the company, uh, new platforms, new environment. So there's the challenge there. And to challenge myself as, as a 44-year-old to go back, is, is there's, a, there's an intrinsic challenge there. So there's a different set of circumstances there. Sure. So that, that's a good challenge in, in many ways because – my body could tell me after this this little like you know extended stay that like dude you're done, or it could tell me like you're so far from done it's crazy. But you know then that's a that's another interesting conversation with myself. If I get physically that I'm I'm slower, I've said openly to everybody I'm going to keep doing this until I feel as if I'm offending the customer. Right. I can continually go out there and do what I can and be and contribute and add don't want to be that like okay like just let him go out there because he's you know, <laughs> so much of his life just let him that's the that's the i i'm just not into i'm not into that because i know what it's like to, to pay for a ticket um and and if i were to get that on this go round, that's man that's a humbling tough thing that i'm gonna have to hurdle and if i get the opposite like dude you're kind of quicker and like you can do some things better and coexist and maybe define a new personality well, then that's a new conversation because I do not have much time left. And if I want to give it like, well, you know what, let's commit to this thing and really go all in. Mm-hmm. I, that's an honest choice that some other stuff is going to have to take a backseat to. So it's a, 
interesting. That, that's an interesting example of a challenge of, of, of something that I love and have dedicated my life to and that I'm passionate. But it sounds like you're you're flexible and open to these are some possibilities. We'll see how it plays out. You obviously have a tremendous amount of respect for the community and are a fan yourself. So it feels like you'll you know like whatever happens you'll be okay. It's just a different path. And I, and I often think we get so we can get so binary in our thinking of like well there's either only a good outcome or a bad outcome and it's like well there are out sometimes yes but there are also outcomes and who are you each time an outcome happens can you adjust or make it work for you and they're just they're just different outcomes sometimes you know are you are you pretty comfortable with that yeah that's very well said uh you said it's neither good nor bad it's it's simply a, a thing the, we, we had spoke about challenge and the challenge there was like, okay, I want to return to this thing that I love that I felt I was extremely proficient at and was uh, uh, contributed heavily to, but I'm in a, I'm in a different point in my life. So how is that going to play out? And if I become ravenously passionate to standing on that canvas, then I have to have a conversation with myself about sacrificing other opportunities to be able to do that. And that's, mm-hmm. that's an outcome. There, there is no good or bad. As, as long as I can wake up and, and breathe air, man, it, it just simply is. And it's the matter of accepting what is and, and going from there. As someone who, when I was growing up, I really didn't understand um, the, the sort of the mind-body connection. And I think I, because it, it really was as, as kind of hacky and cinematic in the 80s of like, there are nerds and there are jocks. You know, now everyone is everything, you know? Like, it's there's just been such a cross, a beautiful cross-pollination. But I was, I was so um, kind of put off by doing things that were physical because a lot of those people were mean to me. And so I just thought, oh, that's a separate thing. And then, you know, when I was like 31, I got sober and I'm like, I should probably start working out so I don't just start to harden up and then I'm old and then I can't, you know... So I started working out like 15, 16 years ago. I've had the same trainer ever since. And so many wonderful mind-body lessons. It's like he would always say like things you learn in the gym you take into life. You know, pushing through limits, knowing when to listen to your body, like knowing all those things. How, how do you approach – like do you, do you approach your, 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 your workouts, your time in the gym differently? Are you more mindful of it now? Then say 20 years ago, have you found that it has evolved in any kind of a way? Like, what's that part of your journey like right now? Well, sure. I mean, it's part it's all my life, so it does evolve. I mean, if you, that life forces us to evolve, you know, and, and I, I've always had uh, a, a solid focus on, on strength and wellness because I've always really loved it. So um, it's changed over, you know, like three or four or five year chunks of my life, the, the dynamic always seems to change but the constant is i'm i'm doing i'm doing the action i'm doing the deed you know now um i'm certainly looking more long term because the, as i as i run down the the list of the things in life that i really value and that are important to me uh that's one of them so i want to be able to do it you know a lot of strength athletes a lot of athletes that are involved in uh strenuous physical activity and and pushing your body to the limit they have a very short shelf life um, they look good when they compete and then they start taking time off and they realize that the, the, re- the only reason they trained was to be proficient at their skill and now that they're done, they can relax and relax is really doing nothing and they unravel and they go to nothing. I really like moving around. I really like 
trying to be strong. So I'm, my, my focus has evolved and shifted to set myself up for like, hey, man, when you're 85, I, I really want to still go in and work out. How do I do, you know, rather than put myself on a crash course to try to be the strongest that I possibly can. And it, that's a that's a bit of a different approach, but I still get the same satisfaction of uh, having good days and, and doing the deep. You, you have a, it's, it seems like you really have an incredible amount of awareness at any given time of, you know, who you are, where you're at, how you fit in this situation in a, in a pretty honest way. Were you always that way or is that do you, did you have to learn that? Uh, you, and we always are learning. I just think knowing the fact that you're you're destined to fuck up, like I think the fragility of all of our beings and personalities and constructs that we have is we, we just try to keep our social circles intact, our life intact. We try to keep comfortable try to keep that train moving man and i think knowing that shit is going to go wrong is really helpful and when it does having great people to lean on man that's really helpful um being open enough to engage in conversation like this saying it out to the universe to hold yourself accountable is really helpful no, no shit the stuff that i do on twitter like i i started doing that for me I'm, I'm happy it caught on but i'd still be throwing it out there if it wasn't because it was it's my subtle way of holding myself accountable. Mm -hmm. And I think the more you can do that, the more you, it's, it's like setting a goal in the gym and then telling your trainer or telling your friends, like I'm going to drop 10. I'm going to start today. Yeah. Friends are now kind of, you've held yourself accountable to that group. So I, I I think a combination of everything. Um, And and I've, I've, I've always just been okay being me. You started working out because you wanted to be healthy and didn't want to shrivel up. I started working out because kids would beat me up for the way that I dressed. I was a, a weird crossbreed of like uh, an outlier, but um, someone who like was an athlete, but it wasn't like the other athletes and dressed weird and, and behaved differently. And when you're an adolescent and you're confronted with that, you either go into um, being a true outcast or you conform to a click. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't do either. I was just un- undoubtedly myself. And be- and then people stopped caring. They're like, okay, all right. So I just think, it, and, and I used uh, physical fitness to get strong to defend myself so I could be myself because instead of shutting off who I was, every time I got beat up, I made it loud. You know, like I wore more rayon polka dots. I wore a bigger high top fade. Like I wore more airbrushed overalls. I listened to louder hip hop music, like just stuff like that that would make people even more mad. But I never stopped being myself. And I just got the physical ammunition to if, if something and something never, you know, the, 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 those guys eventually stopped picking on me. And I never had to, you know, beat anybody up or I never wanted to seek revenge. I just wanted the, the validity that it was okay to be myself. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I would, did you ever go to like any school reunions or anything in your life? No, but I, I'm from a small town. So you always run it. I mean, I'll run into, sure. I went to high school with all the time. Every time I go back to West Newbury, I'll see, I'll see. And are they like, <laughs> you're ever like, Hey, remember when you used to, do you remember that? And they're like, Oh, oh we were, come on. What a, we were kids. Uh, I, uh, if I, if I would ever to do that, which I haven't, I would bring it up in a situation where I'd be like, yo, 
not only did it make me who I was, but you know, we are so cool. So I'm not, I'm not even trying yeah. to balls. I'm just trying to bring that up to you that it was meaningful to me in the best of ways. Like it was a tough period in my life and, and you were the cause of that, but man, kind of thank you. Cause it, it worked out. Okay. <laughs> it sounds like a, almost a form of emotional resistance training. <laughs> yeah. Well, or I don't know. I don't know. And I, I, maybe that's half the fun of it is that I don't know. And I'm still, I'm still trying to learn. So I'm, I'm still searching. You know, when, when, when people maybe first go into the gym or they, they set goals and maybe those goals aren't necessarily realistic. Um, I was very lucky because I just, I found a trainer that I clicked with and sometimes people don't. And so when people, it's just trying to message to people like set uh, realistic and also flexible goals because do you think sometimes we get too concrete with our goals, you know, fitness or not? And it's like, well, the goal, yes, a goal is nice, but it's really just a direction because you never really know what the journey is going to be like. And that's kind of where the growth happens, right? So how how concrete are you with goals? Like if you set a goal and don't meet it, you go, oh, I failed. Or are you able to say like, well, okay, I didn't hit that goal, but here are the things that I did accomplish along the way. Uh, so that that's a good question. I, I set goals not just in the gym but like in every aspect of my life uh and it's people would call them new year's resolutions i, I kind of mm-hmm. do the same thing and i set goals that i figure i have a 60 to 70 percent chance of achieving so the reason i do that is because if you achieve it you've you've truly done something excellent mm-hmm. and if you don't you have to admit you failed it's no like, yeah, but you know what I did? You know, I got seven out of seven out of 10. That's not bad. Yes, but you failed. And I think approaching the concept of failure is great because then you have to ask why. Okay, I want to I bench 400 pounds. Okay, I'm going to go on a 16-week protocol to bench 400. What's my bench right now? 315. At the end of 16 weeks, you bench 375. It's a huge improvement but you didn't hit your goal. Then you have to ask yourself why. Ah, there was that weekend when I went out partying and I hung over workout and I could look at the data and see that I dipped in strength here. Why'd you dip in strength? Well, I was studying for exams and really didn't sleep. Well, what was more important in your life that time? Was it your 400 pound bench or was it your exams? And what did you learn from it? Like you, you have to be able to go back. You can look at those good things of like, yes, I put 60 pounds on my bench. But if you really hold yourself accountable, everybody knows why they missed. And you got to look yourself in the eye and be honest with yourself about why you missed. And, well, is this something I really want to pursue? Do I really want to bench 400 pounds? I got the 370, and that's kind of cool. And maybe I can get to 380 or whatever. But this time around, I really didn't want to do it. Or maybe, like, that was me at absolute capacity. I gave this my fucking best, and 370 was my top end. So now you move the goalposts and say, like, I gave this, I couldn't give this anymore. Okay, then the lesson is, realistically, my strength cap is probably around there. And I, I made way too of an ambitious prediction. But there's always a takeaway. God, that's so great, though, because you're really, just even hearing you analytically parse out the data, you know, of having to go, well, here, you know, in each moment, this is what I was doing. And I didn't realize I was making a choice, but I really was making a choice that was not getting me closer to this. So, I mean, because that's that's the best we can do is go, okay, you know, like sometimes, sure, we make choices that don't take us in that direction. But just even being able to embrace that and go, okay, 
or say, I did everything I could and this is it. And that's also okay, you know? Yes. But to sort of to, 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 to live and die by the goal and it's, you know, because I just think it's so easy to be so hard on yourself. And obviously, it's good to be motivated, but, you know, at what kind of emotional cost, you know? Like asking why, like you said, is such a great tactic because you might find at the end of that 16 weeks – Oh, it turns out I didn't really want this. I don't think I really want this because I don't really care about what I would have to do to achieve this thing. Lesson learned. Yeah. And and uh, not only is it are we hard on ourselves, but we make it really easy to quit. And that's like that's dangerous water. Uh, you know, when, when you make it easy for yourself to give up and you, you set an extreme goal, you got to combat it with extreme effort and extreme dedication. And I'm not saying... You know, you should waltz through everything. You should make it a challenge, a challenge. But you should also, uh, if, if you want it to be your life, that's fine. But if you also want to have the quality of life, uh, you got to factor all that stuff in. And I think it's when it's sometimes it can be used as a mechanism to easily give up. Mm-hmm. If, if you're morbidly obese and you need to lose 100, that number is so large that if you don't see the tracking happen, you can give up, literally take it one at a time, take it a week at a time, take it 24 hours at a time. Like it is that process of retraining ourselves. And if we, if, if we set it way out there, man, it's so easy early on to be like, I haven't experienced enough success early on to hit this goal. I quit. Forget it. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Yeah, that's that's also dangerous thinking too when you try to take everything on at once, you know? Like it's just it's just also that thing of people go, "Oh, I have this project due and I don't know how to start." It's like, "Work on it for 5 minutes. If you can just give yourself 5 minutes, you'll get into it." You know? Like but don't think about the, you know, the 50 hours you're going to have to work on the thing. Just give it the 5 minutes that you have right now yeah. and then see what happens. Yeah. And we also have that habit of creating uh fictitious problems for ourselves that we, you know, that will never happen or they have a low likelihood of happening. The old, I'm going to go to the, the beach and get eaten by a shark. No, more than likely you're going to drown. Like that's going to be the thing. Like you're not going to, you're not going to get hit by lightning. You're going to get in a car accident. Like that's, right. you know, we have a tendency to, to make these mythical problems to give ourselves more hurdles to it's too tough. Cause this is probably going to happen and this has happened. And that's also a, a slippery slope. And, a lot of that for me, and I'm just speaking for my own self, is is me wanting to just stay in my own comfortable space where I feel pretty good. And I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not stepping outside to a point where I can 
I can fail, which is why I've, I've done so much work on trying to be okay, be okay with that. Ooh, that thing you just mentioned too about staying in a comfortable space. What can be insidious about the human mind is that sometimes that comfortable space can be in the catastrophizing, that we can almost find comfort in finding all the problems, you know? It's company, and, man. Misery is that what he's a, yeah, right. Close company and, and chaos is all like, bro, and then, and this is, you know, these are just perspectives, but chaos is also a nice hiding place. Mm-hmm. If the world is falling apart, well, you can't fix, that's a, that's a huge thing. Right. You can do your best to, to fix the world the best you can in your little piece, but making the problem as big as possible and, and completely making it like unsolvable. That's another safe place to hide. That's another easy way for you to give up and another easy way for you to pay yeah. attention. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's it's, it, it does sort of bend the mind a little bit to think like, Oh yeah, that's right. That is a pattern of thinking. It's, I mean, of course there are awful things that happen in the world, but how many things in the course of a day do I think about, that will never come to fruition or are just not beneficial to moving forward or living joyfully, you know, just making those little choices. Hulk Hulk choose joy today, you know, like that thing. (laughs) And and that's the thing in the face of all like awful things happen. And that's another thing, accepting that awful things do happen, but choosing, choosing joy, essentially, or choosing to to just to, to try to do your best to take a good perspective on everything. And, and yeah. a, a lot of that good perspective is understanding that awful things happen. And if you can step in and you can, and you can um, do your part or, or, or do something to the best of your ability, then you are doing what you can to help, you know, like that's, that's uh, but a, a lot of people just let, let the chaos burn and want to talk about the chaos and, uh, the, you know, all problems are unsolvable and it's way too big and, I don't know. I don't know. I just there, there's a lot there of understanding the, the the state of everything and choosing joy amidst all that. There's there's a lot there. Yeah, especially because it's so easy to it's so easy to stay to be busy without actually really doing anything. Oh, we can be busy. I am so busy today. What'd you do? Ah, I was just doing emails. I was fucking. I don't know. I was just running around. But what did you actually accomplish? I don't. I just was busy. You know. It's like. But really, like you said earlier, just like really kind of breaking it down. What did you do? Yeah. What thing, you know, like of those things, what things, what moved you closer to that thing that you say you want today? Why do you, why, do, you know, the why is such an important question. Do you still ask yourself those, the, the why? All, all the time. Like I do, I, I set like objectives for myself every year as a set of resolutions. And I, I revisit them often and I can track whether I'm on track or, or whether I'm going to miss. And like I said, they are aspirational. I, I have a, a 30 to 40% chance to fail. So like it, it lets me know if I really want to continue it. Was I just talking out of my ass? Do I have to lean into a problem myself that maybe this goal was a way for me to, to really genuinely face it. Um, if you want to go to the gym and you keep checking your email, and you say you want to go to the gym and you, you miss it because you keep checking your email. And this is a pattern that happens over 12 months. You're either addicted to your device, which is that could be likely. Or, you know what? You really like email. So why don't you find something to do with email? You know, like why don't you find something to do with that? And I think a lot of times we, we, we ignore our actions. Our actions define who we are. We want to tell people like, yo, I want to do this. And man, I can't wait some perfect time to do this. Yeah, but what are you doing? 
what are you doing now? Because that's defining what you really enjoy. Oh, yeah. I'm watching, I'm, I, I watch this and then this. You know what? You like to watch media. There's nothing wrong with that. That spawns yeah. a lot of the creativity of which we're entertained by media. Like you, you watch TV and you watch movies. And it's not shameful. You know, like, man, I love food. Okay, you love food. Let's just as with everything we enjoy, let's not make it into an addiction, which could become harmful. And let's not, you know, extreme in anything is, isn't good. But if you're constantly saying you want to do something and then you're constantly doing something else, the spoiler alert is you like to something else. <laughs> I think kind of the beauty of starting of starting to get older is that you, you know, like, because my goal, it's like, I, I'm not, my goal isn't to get super ripped. You know, my goal is just to feel okay. You know, my goal yeah. is to feel flexible and to make healthy choices. Yeah. And, you know, if some of those side effects are, I look better or, you know, like, it's really just, am I making healthy choices? People ask me about fitness all the time. Like, what, what, what do I do? What should I do? What workout should I do? I just said, do something to make good choices. That's, <laughs> that's the fitness book right there. We all know we need to move around a little bit. We all know we should probably eat better. Yeah. And do that and repeat and you're going to be all right. Yeah. Yeah. When you're running around a million miles an hour doing a million things, are you done with Peacemaker right now? Do you, did yeah, you finish we shooting? Finished, uh, we finished on last Tuesday and then uh, Sunday I snaked my way into money in the bank. <laughs> and then what are you what are you running on to now so uh currently we're doing I'm, I'm the wwe was was more than welcome to have me back for like a month's worth of touring uh suicide squad comes out august 6th so mm-hmm. uh, um, they just dropped a trailer for vacation friends on hulu which is a, a like a vacation style comedy uh that'll be at the end of august i'll um i'll head over to the uk in a little bit to shoot uh argyle with matthew vaughn and his team he's put together a oh, great wow we're going to eventually film some more episodes of Wipeout, which I'm really excited about. The TV was a true, the show was fantastic a success for TBS. And then, um, you know, in, in between all that, I'll still do my best to try to find balance. And, and, and after that, I don't know what the hell's going on. We'll, we'll see what, we'll see what's going on after that. How, how, how do you, how are you able to remind yourself in all that time? Like, how are you able to stay present when you're in a, there, it does seem like there's a constant state of movement. And then how are you able to just stay present and, and keep that balance? Set realistic expectations and take it one, one conversation at a time, mm-hmm. literally. But set realistic expectations. Don't tell everyone you're going to be everywhere when you can't be everywhere. When WWE wants you to come back and, and I give it myself, they ask me to come back for only a few dates. And I said, no, I want to do all these dates. Uh, to, to one, to get, get back in front of an audience, two, to help the brand get audiences back in the building. And then when you offer all these dates, somebody may say, well, what about this? What about that? Now that you're in, you know, I, I know that you may have some time. No, this is, these are my expectations. This is the best I can do, the best I can give you. And even then, on the days of the events, well, we're going to need you to do X, Y, and Z. I understand that's what you need. <laughs> Realistically, this is what I can give and still feel that I can function at a capacity that could be entertained. And WWE is merely one example. Um, you know, uh, doing promotion, every every publicity team wants you to do all the stuff. I've, I've learned personally that at about the, the six hour mark of going like this and, and having engaging conversations, my brain's fried. Yep. And I, I tell them that, I'm like, hey, listen, I can, I can go, 
you set your watch to it. Five hours and 30 minutes, I'm going to be garbage. (laughs) That's data. How is that selling your movie? Just garbage fodder. Like that's, that's nothing, nothing good can come from that. The only thing that's going to come from that is something bad. So I set expectations and people work around them. And I don't, I don't feel bad about that. I'm, they're asking me to, to give of myself and I'm saying I can, this is where I can give the best of myself. And it, it spills over to relationships. Hey, listen, I know, uh, I know we need each other. And I know like I, on this day, I am not going to be available. I'm going to be occupied. Uh, is there, is that okay? One before I commit and two, um, if it is okay, where, where can we pick up slack? Where, where can, can I invest in us and in, in you and our relationship and, and build forward because you're kind enough to give me this day. So how do I, how do, how do we connect more after that? Just a simple conversation like that, rather than it's work. Like I'm going to work that whole uh, inarguable truth of like, well, I can't argue with you being productive when I genuinely have needs and feel missed. You have to be able to lean into that. And, and once, if someone were to come to me with a problem like that, I now am confronted with a choice. The same one we talked about WWE. Like, Absolutely. Do I go back and put all these other things to the side? If someone comes to me and says, yo, we have this close thing. I feel as if we're drifting, drifting apart. I need you. I have a choice to make. And it's that simple. And, and just like you stated, it's not a good thing. It's bad. It's a thing. And I have to reevaluate myself and be honest with myself or like, well, do I really value this relationship? And if I do, well, well fuck it. The right choice is to invest mm-hmm. and, and worry about all the other stuff later. But if I don't, the right choice is to be honest with the person like, yo, I think we're looking at it through two different lenses. And you think this and I understand but this is where I'm at. So what do we do now? You know, I have to say, I appreciate number one, how open both times you've been on the podcast, just so genuinely warm and open because, uh, my takeaway from this is, and I feel like I'm pretty aware of stuff. I'm pretty aware of what I'm doing. And I've just been reminded in the last almost hour, like, Oh, that's right. You really do have to stop and sort of like really look at the dots on the, that create the line of like, is this the direction I want to go? Why each thing? Am I making the right choice? Like it's so easy to forget how to kind of stay on point and look at the data. But that is the control that we have. It's looking at the data and then our reaction to the data. Like that's, that's the best that we can do. That's the best anyone can do. And not lying about it. Like honesty with self. Like not lying about it. Ah, shit, I went out and party too much. Don't throw that away. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Like, okay, do I like to be more social than work? Okay, now I got I, I have to create work-life balance. I want to just work a nine-to-five so I can hang out. And I know not to let that spiral out of control because that could mean some extreme problems. It's all about not, not throwing anything away. Like, Oh man, you, you spend too much money on your credit cards. Yeah, but that was just because of it doesn't change the fucking fact that you spent too much money. Right. Like, let's really let's don't throw that out of it. Let's look at that. And when you talk to when you talk to people about uh, fiduciary responsibility or or even even fitness, I think is the one thing we can openly lean into. It's okay to talk about that stuff. But if, if someone's brave enough to talk about fiduciary responsibility, but when you talk about like 
mental stability, uh, emotional wellness. That stuff is like people, people, it's tough for folks to face the music because we, we inside, we want to feel as if we're doing it right. If, if, if you think I'm wrong, you just don't get me. Mm-hmm. I'm doing life right. Get the fuck out of my way. Yeah. And I think a, a different perspective of like, could I possibly be doing this wrong? Helps that a ton. And, and the reason we have this banter in this conversation is you're free therapy, dude. I need to come on <laughs> podcast like every Tuesday. So this is, I don't know, it's free therapy. Ouch. You know, Listen, good. Shitty Hulk is always welcome. Shitty Hulk is always <laughs> welcome. I got a big couch. Shitty Hulk can just come in and talk about Shitty Hulk's feelings. Because, you know, look, it, it's so easy for people to, you know, you're, you're doing all these these huge things. Like, I mean, literally, you know, Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, WWE, Fast and Furious Night, like all these really huge things. And people go, oh, man, I want to be like Cena. It's like, okay, if you want that, the fact that you're so open to talk about, like, to see, like, you know, how much thought you put into all the details of it and also understanding how much work and responsibility is involved. Like, a lot of times people just see a result, you know, and they go, well, I want that result. And it's like, okay, what do you, you, <laughs> if you're prepared, but and, just know that it ain't going to be easy. And it's, it, it, well, and, and then there's the, uh, well, they had this, or like, well, you know, I, I man, I heard it so much in WWE. Well, Vince lets him do whatever he wants. That's why he can consistently perform at a level that's acceptable and entertaining to the audience. He gets to do whatever he wants. Nope. I ask and I execute and I invest and I'm meticulous with the detail and I'm consistent night in after night out, trustworthy. I'm giving of self like it, but the perception everyone else has is he just has a better situation. Mm -hmm. And I'm not taking away from anybody's struggle. And I, I have learned to appreciate everyone's struggle and everyone has a different struggle and I can understand where those feelings come from. You can have those feelings when you're done analyzing yourself to saying like, yo, am I at max capacity? Mm-hmm. Am I doing like, cause if I really want to wear those shoes and put on those jorts, am I at max capacity or did I party too much mm-hmm. or did, and th- this is a completely acceptable exa- example. Did I want to see my family? I wrote off everything but wrestling in my life for two decades. Everything. And that that's a that's a toxic relationship, you know. But the byproduct was I got some wonderful opportunities, but now I'm dealing with a landslide of stuff where it's like I'm rebuilding myself as a man and as a human being. And and gladly and open and welcome. And and me talking about all this stuff, once again, it holds me accountable. It's really great to be able to to voice it and if some of your listeners can hear it you're like well this dude is where he's at from being like vulnerable and fucking up in life okay that's cool and maybe they can they can get something from it i don't know but if at the very least it's not it's not to affect anyone else but myself like it really helps me to be able to have genuine conversation with people i think that's Hell, especially after all that's gone on, all, all we really want to do is folks is connect with each other, you know? Absolutely. And it, it's just that it's so easy to, you know, see you on a two-dimensional screen on all these big screens and then have one perception. But I also think it's important that people hear, like, 
hey, there's humanity, and it's not perfect, and there's no, and there is no perfect. By the way, there just isn't. Yeah. There's no such thing. It's 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 it. You know, like it, it's it's an unachievable. Uh, it's an unachievable thing. How do you even define it? Like there's not even a it's impossible to define. And also there's just no there's nothing interesting about it, you know, because all of the all of the growth, you know, it's like those those days when I take it back to fitness, those days when you go in the gym and you feel amazing are fine. But the days where you really grow are the ones where you get to drag your ass in and you don't want to be there and you push through. And at the end, you're like, you know what? I feel pretty good. Like I actually got more out of that than I did on the day where everything was firing on all cylinders and it was all, you know, super easy. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, uh, it's man, it, uh, I don't know. It's a uh, life. Life is, is, is very complex and it's so easy to look outward and it's really tough to look inward. Uh, but it's so rewarding. It really mm-hmm. And it it allows you to to have the resolve to to handle or, or feel you can handle most of what anything, when it, whatever life throws at you. And well, just- and and also I just think it's great that you you know you you figure this out now. Sometimes people don't figure it out till they're like seventy or eighty, and sometimes they never figure it out. You know, so it's I'm, good. Yeah, I'm also okay with that the two dimensional perspective of anyone else. I think that the most important perspective is the one you have of yourself. Right. If someone that just has a, a two dimensional perspective of me, a lot of, I think a lot of people, but I'm more than this. I'm known for more than this. If you come up on the street and just do this and like, that's all I am. And like, Oh, there's, there's the, the, the fake WWE guy and, and wave your hand in front of your face and do that. You can't see me. And that's what I've left on you. It's fine. It's totally fine. But if that's all I see of me, when I look at me, I got some work to do. That is like, that is such an incredibly profound thing to say, to see yourself in that way. Do I see myself in the mirror as the two-dimensional? I mean, it's, it's, that is an incredible, simple, yet eloquent and elegant statement about how we view ourselves and how do we stay on track and how do we ask those tough questions sometimes. I just... You know, you you say, "Oh, this is the bit of therapy for me," but but I also feel the same way because Ooh, that man. just sort of hit me in a way of like, "Oh yeah, that's right. We do have to, you know, we do have to see ourselves in in three dimensions, you know, and as as who we are in our entirety, and that's that's the good stuff and the bad stuff. But you can't be upset with somebody who only sees you as one thing, right? Right. You can't be upset because that's they have that the right to do that. And I think a lot of us go on the defensive because we're so much more than oftentimes uh, judgments, snap judgments, first impressions. We're all human. We all do this. You know, everybody's going to have their uh, opinions, you know, but that's there's so much there's so much more to us. And as long as we know that, as long as we carry that with us, I think it makes it a lot more digestible when somebody else comes up to us and hits us with some business that maybe doesn't mesh. Absolutely. Well, I, I mean, John Cena, shitty Hulk. I just can't thank you enough. Do you have some shitty Hulk advice? Do, would shitty Hulk have some advice for people for embracing joy, living in the present, anything like that? What would oh, yeah, dude. Today, shitty Hulk choose joy. <laughs> Today, shitty Hulk choose joy. 
Is there anything else I can help you promote? Is there anything you, you want to mention? You, you we, kind never, of we never really talk about anything, but we always talk about everything. But so. that's the thing that's so great is it like, look, you know, I've done junkets. You do junkets all the time. I know people probably have a ton of questions that you get asked all the time. And and but you're always so warm. Like I said, you're so warm and open. It's such an opportunity to connect with someone that not only I respect, but someone that I feel like I can learn a lot from that. I just feel like, hey, I you know, even though the the optics of our lives might be different, I do feel like there are, you know, similar paths. And so I just I always appreciate the time with you. I appreciate it, man. It's a shame we couldn't do it in person, but in the future, I look forward to the next one. Someday. Someday. Someday we'll actually get to do it in person again. And uh, for now, I will say, Shitty Hulk Smash Podcast end with love. ID10T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window. Comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. Nobody has dared to find out who is the actual best at just being on a reality show. I'm your host, comedian Daniel Tosh. Is winner go home. Each episode, our contestants will face new challenges. They will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win $200 million. Thousands, not millions. $200,000. Prepare, because it's about to be ugly crying. Lots of fighting. Tasha, I have to defend myself. Celebrating 25 years of reality TV with your favorites. I have diarrhea. You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The GOAT. Stream free on Amazon Freebie or Prime Video. 